Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, tip. cats, the cats. Tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. <laughs> Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, his buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. October 25th, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Roll. 1 FM, 1450 AM. We've got a a full house today. TJ Walker and producer Justin Kalen, as we have been going strong here the last uh, week plus, as Nick Roush is out taking care of his baby. And we've had some other people kind of drop in here or there. One of those returning guests, Big Blue Drew in the house. Big Blue Drew, how are you? I'm doing great. Good morning. Thanks for having me back. It's just just too big of a week not to jump on if I can, TJ. Just a a monster week for Kentucky Athletics. So thanks for having me. We're happy that you're taking the time and joining us. It means a lot. I know the KRC listeners love hearing from you. And we'll get some more text on the Thornton's text line, 502 414 1450 because we've got big blue drew in the house but a surprise guest he's been talked about nefarious even infamous and that is intern jacob is awake he's connected he's here intern jacob how are you i am good tj feels good to be back i've just just missed this man i really have well the, the <laughs> first question is how dare you I, you know, TJ, you went through college. Some things happen. Just nights get wild, man. They they really do. We got a little part, <laughs> got a little party animal over here. But we got we we've got a lot to get to with you, intern Jacob. You uh, people have not been happy with you. We feel uh, at the radio station that you've left us behind. Um, but again, you're right. You're a college student. I, I, I was trying to tell Justin, hey, it's no big deal. He'll come on when he can come on. But I think you really hurt Scoot's little heart. You know, Scoots, I'm sorry if I did. You'll, you'll always have a special place in my heart. I hope, you're, it, I hope you can forgive me. It, it's not that you hurt my heart. It's that I was so tired of believing in you and telling everybody that you were coming on and not to worry about anything. And then it's like, at the end of the day, I looked like the idiot because I put all my trust in you, intern. 
you know, Scoots, I just nothing but sorrow for you right now. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Jacob, we, we know why Jacob came on this morning. It's because Savir Wheeler was named to the Bob Cousy Award watch list yesterday. So uh, Jacob just had to come on and celebrate that, which is understandable. <laughs> you know, Big Blue Drew, still not on the train, man. Still not. Yeah, well, just every other national basketball writer is. That's yeah, right. First team, all SEC in the preseason. Yeah, uh, on award list, finalist, and has led college basketball and assists the last two years, but not enough for little intern Jacob, huh? Nope. Dare to be different. I dare to be different. Well, we're going to talk Severe Wheeler. We're going to talk Kentucky basketball. We're going to talk UK football. It's Tennessee week. It's a big one. Uh, we had Mark Stoops speak yesterday. He touched on some injuries, obviously touched on the game. He had his coaches show as well. We'll get to those things. As I mentioned earlier in the show, we want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. But you know how we normally start the show. Scoots, how was your Monday evening? It was good. I actually stayed up for majority of that Bears-Patriots game, despite saying that my eyelids would win that game last night. I think I went to bed like halfway through the fourth quarter when it was just out of control already. So, yeah, it was it was a good Monday evening. I got off work pretty early, made some tips, got a few shuttle runs yesterday. So, all in all, my Monday was great. Uh, looking forward to Tuesday. Wow, it sounds like a, a nice little Monday. Yeah, the NFL game. Kind of fun there for a little bit in the first mm -hmm. couple quarters, and then and then not fun and pretty ugly. I mean, not that it wasn't ugly early on, too, but the zappy drama and stuff like that was kind of cool to see. But the Bears, Chicago Bears, put it on the Patriots. So I, I ended up not watching hardly any of the, the second half, but uh, pretty quiet Monday. We're a week away from Halloween, six days. Yesterday was technically a week. And we are two weeks out from Election Day. And now that means we are, I'm getting, I should have done this in more of a chronological order. So let me try again. Halloween, six days away. The start of the college basketball season, 13 days away. Ooh. So we're under, under two weeks there, which is really exciting before Kentucky takes on Howard to start the season. And then we are 14 days from Election Day. And uh, so big, a lot, a lot happening here in the next 14 days. Kentucky will play some important football games, obviously. Basketball will get some exhibition games underway. But then the actual regular season. And then we'll, we'll everybody hopefully goes out and, and votes two weeks from today, if you haven't already, with an early ballot. So a lot going on over the next two weeks, a lot of sports. We did get the time for Kentucky, Missouri. Hope everybody's sitting down for this one. Totally unexpected. Of course, I'm saying this 100% sarcastically. It is a noon game in Columbia that's going to be, as I called, I don't know, whenever this schedule came out. A year ago, however long it's been now, that that game of Missouri will be a noon game, 11 o'clock local time kickoff. It'll be gray skies. It'll be lightly attended. And in all honesty, it's good news for Kentucky when looking at the schedule. You don't want to play in a stadium that is the most hostile. I know some players do respond well to that, and a sleepy home atmosphere can equal a sleepy road atmosphere for teams. Some teams respond well to a packed house and people being loud. But for the Missouri game, you're a better team. You're the more talented team. No need to get weird with it. Have it as close as a neutral site game as you can with the home court or the home field environment. So uh, nooner in Columbia, but we all pretty much expected that. 
Yeah, TJ, also another thing we got going today, uh, Basketball Media Days today. So there's like just tons of stuff, you're right, jam-packed in this next week. Um, and I guess like first and foremost after Media Day is going to be this monster football game. So, so much to discuss on Roll Call. It's the perfect time of year where everything just kind of collides at once right around Halloween. Wow, UK Basketball Media Day today kind of snuck up on us. I did not know that. Yeah, I did. And I think it'll be, um, you know, a lot of the same. I, I can pretty much give you Cal's talking points, I would think. We'll hear a lot about summer basketball and things of that nature. I know that he missed um, getting that little spiel in during SEC Media Day. So expect some of that today. But it'll be good stuff. I know this team's um seems to have a lot of fun players. And I always enjoy talking to Jacob Toppin. Savir's a lot of fun. Oscar, obviously. So, yeah, Media Day, we should get some good quotes, some good stuff out of there. And um, it's actually nice, too, to have – um you know, some real live game scrimmage stuff to dissect as well before Kentucky has their first exhibition basketball game Sunday. Wow. Yeah. So everything's heating up. We'll get to hear more from Calipari. And sometimes when you go to SEC media days, it, it can be like friendlier questioning than your own media day, at least in the context of Kentucky basketball. I do wonder if he's going to get like any – tough questions along the lines of just, hey, you know, do you feel the heat? Do you feel the pressure after coming off last season? Uh, maybe he will, maybe he won't. But I do think he probably built up a lot of goodwill yesterday, intern Jacob. Did you see what Cal tweeted on the old tweeter yesterday? Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, especially being down in that area to see somebody like that coming straight from work was really cool on him calling that out and trying to find, find out who it is and give them tickets and stuff. So that was, that was really cool. Yeah, I don't know how anybody couldn't love that move from Calipari. The only thing I wish was better was that, like, I, I wish a, a professional photographer would have taken that picture just so it would be, like, a little bit higher quality, a little bit, like, it looks like it was just somebody who was sitting across the way took it with their phone, which no issue. Better, better picture than nothing. But if you didn't see it, Calipari tweeted out, uh, my family's American dream started in Clarksburg, Clarksburg, West Virginia coal mine, so this picture hits home. For what I've been told, after his shift, he raced to be with his son and watch our team practice. Don't know who this is, but I have tickets for him and his family are up to be treated as VIPs. And in an unsurprising move, those people were figured out pretty quickly. Um, and the picture, obviously, is a guy that looks like he was down in the coal mines or certainly doing a blue-collar job. He's still in all his gear, and he's sitting and good seats with his son at the blue white game. And they did find out who the people were. Uh, it was, I think the McGuire family, Michael McGuire was the guy in the picture. And uh, so they've been, they've been notified, but a really cool move from Calipari and uh, something that I think really represents Kentucky basketball a lot. Uh, you go to a game at Rupp and I don't know if you're going to see somebody and 100% their whole coal mining gear. I don't think it's totally impossible that you could. Um, but you just, you, that is one of the cool things I think people sometimes take for granted with, with Kentucky basketball is just all sorts of life from every corner of this state cheering for the big blue. And uh, you love seeing the head coach kind of take, take moments to, to call out, to I mean, to call out, I think a shout out, probably more appropriate word, to shout out people like that. And uh, it sounds like the McGuire family is going to get hooked up with some sweet tickets for a game, Big Blue Drew. 
Yeah, TJ, I went to the big blue white or the blue white game in Pikeville and it was just touching. And the kind of the the phrase that I've used is like you really forget just what a healing power that Kentucky basketball as a brand is. Obviously, for that event, you know, it was a, a major natural disaster that affected a lot of people um in the state, just something devastating. But you know, for most of us are fortunate enough that that healing power is just kind of like to break up the week and, you know, kind of live in another world for a few hours, um, a couple of times a week and get you through the winter type thing. So it was really neat to me to see Kentucky play basketball in such an intimate setting, just like walking into that arena. Just, it just didn't seem real. Like you were going to go see Kentucky play in there. Um, and then walking inside and it being, you know, just so on top of each other and that type of fan that was there, you know, it meant a lot to them to get that personal connection and the autographs the I want an autograph energy towards the end was just oozing. So Super cool event. I, I wish they would do stuff like that more often. Um, but I will say, TJ, that uh, it's very interesting time to drive across the state just two weeks out of election year, man. There's there's just a lot of a uh, lot going on to take in driving all the way across the state. Um, so close to an election week, I should say. Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, it, it's and it's kind of a weird time with UK athletics on top of that as well, where uh, we're obviously Super pumped for basketball season. Big Blue Drew and intern Jacob, I want to get your all's thoughts on the blue-white game. I was mostly just talking to myself yesterday on yesterday on, on Monday's show of Kentucky. Give me a break. When discussing you, you didn't even watch the game. So what what kind but of I chipped but I chipped in plenty yesterday for not watching the game. I looked up stat. I was I was oh my gosh. I'm so offended right now. I'm out of here. You're so offended that you didn't watch the blue-white game but you tried to fake it and act like you could talk about it? Yes, I think he's offended that he um, he believes so much in his ability to do that. And I appreciate that, Justin, because you, you have to be pretty versatile as a producer and follow this stuff. So I, that's how I took it, TJ. He's offended that uh, he he's very keen on his ability to not watch a game, research live in Convo, and still do a good job, which I think he does. I So I may have not have talked specifics about the game, but I brought up some great questions and points yesterday in regards to this team based off of that game. Yeah, you're Mike one, TJ. He's just got you're, He's just kind of guiding it towards you, you know? That's it. I, I need to remember that Justin's being awfully sensitive today. But I didn't say <laughs> that you didn't do a good job. You did a good job BSing. I think everybody enjoyed the radio episode <laughs> yesterday. It was good content. But all I was saying was somebody that actually watched the game, their analysis, their insight, I think will be welcomed on today's show. And uh, Big Blue Drew was there on top of it, which which adds an even different perspective to the whole ordeal. Enter Jacob, did you watch? I know it was a Saturday night and you're a big party guy. <laughs> yeah, I took the uh, the valuable time of mine out. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I watched it. It was, it was I thought it was great. Um, I- I thought the teams were a little lopsided, to be honest, but yes, um, the blue team came out and played. I, I loved it. Antonio and Adu really showed showed what they have to offer. Adu really surprised me. I mean, probably surprised everybody, but I feel like he has the potential to do some stuff like that this year if he can manage some some time. Yeah, no, I, I, the teams, I think they intentionally kind of did it, but it, it did give a great opportunity for Thierro and Antonio Reeves to ball out, which both of them did. It was fun to see. We will talk a little bit more about the blue-white game as this radio program goes on, uh, but we'll, we'll keep it with more of the quick hitters here. 
in the first segment. Uh, Mark Stoops talked yesterday, all good news on the injury front. Again, we'll dive into that a little bit more as the show goes on. But the only thing to really not feel good about, I guess, for Kentucky football is Jacquez Jones, as we all already knew. Uh, if we see him again at all this season, it's going to be later in the season. So maybe, maybe fingers crossed, you could potentially get that Georgia game. But it it almost sounds like maybe it'll be the Louisville game, if if any. Um, maybe you have to wait until the ball game as well. So we'll we'll dive into a little bit more of what Mark Stoops had to say. We want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Big Blue Drew, did we ever give away a text last week? No, we have not given away a Nick Richards rookie card yet. So we got to do that today. We'll make a point to um, knock that out. And I, I love joining um, Roll Call, TJ, because I get the chance to kind of go back and read the text if I didn't hear all of the show. So I'll uh, I'll peruse through those a little bit and see if anything jumps out. But, yes, please get your text in today. Uh, make us laugh. Make us cry. Something like that. And uh, you might get a Nick Richards rookie card. And how phenomenal is it, TJ? I'm quite positive that we had this conversation last week before our boy Nick Richards started going off, which is just kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, he's been playing really, really well. I, I still think coming off the bench, maybe he started and I've missed it, but I think he's coming off the bench and doing it too. Yeah, I think he's uh, the only person to come off the bench um, for two double-doubles so far in the NBA. Yeah, that's pretty impressive quality. It's just worth mentioning at a time like this when talking about Nick Richards giving away rookie cards. So generous of Big Blue Drew to do that to the Kentucky Roll Call listeners. Just a reminder that our good friend, the producer of the Mike Rutherford show, Trevor Kelsey, he he not only guaranteed it, he confidently just wanted all of the Kentucky Roll Call listeners to know that Malik Williams – is a better basketball player than Nick Richards. Scooch, do we know what Malik Williams is up to these days? I was actually just sitting here wondering that. Do you know what he's up to? He's not playing basketball anymore, unless after, it's overseas. After his 13 years of college basketball, I think they finally came to an end where he basically told Chris Mack he was going to quit if Chris Mack didn't fire, get fired, or step aside, I guess would be the more appropriate wording. Uh, but just a good re- – anytime I hear Nick Richards, I can't – it's probably unfair to Malik Williams. He didn't ask for any of this. But he had a radio goober that was really banging in the drum saying that he was somehow better than Nick Richards. Didn't make any sense then. Makes even less sense now. Uh, but worth bringing up any chance that we can to have a good old hearty fashion laugh at our friend Trevor Kelsey. Intern Jacob, what's your favorite part about Thornton's? Oh, it's got to be the fresh donuts – uh, and definitely uh, cash bash. I don't know if Roush won that Tahoe, but it was a good part. And if he did, he didn't let us know. Hopefully he did because that would be really cool. Yeah, the summer cash bash was a great time. I, I don't think Roush won any of the weekly $10,000 giveaways or the grand prize of the 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Uh, but you are right. He hasn't said that he didn't win them either. So hmm. hey, we we did have a ten thousand dollar winner, one from Louisville and one from Lexington. So I like to think those are KRC listeners. Wow. How'd you how'd you find those? How'd you find that out? Uh, if you go to the website, it'll tell you who won every week. Sweet. It'll just give you their first name and then first letter of their last name. Sweet. No, no Nick R. No Nick R. Or no no Rick R. Either. So I thought they maybe could have had a typo, but no, not the case. That's a good point. That's a, that's good looking out there. Yeah, uh, I love their donuts as well, intern Jacob. I know a lot of people go in there 
for their coffee, as we mentioned on yesterday's show, and I think on Friday as well. It's just you go in there in the morning. It kind of gets you kick started. You'll buy something because there's all, there's so many great things to buy there, whether it's candy, fruit, donuts, as we mentioned, the coffee, as we mentioned, or maybe it's an energy drink, whatever it may be. You'll just leave with rubbing elbows with the other blue collar folks of the community, the music that gets you pumped up for your day. It's just a wholehearted experience going to Thornton. So check them out today. Pop in. Don't forget to download your app. And we want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line. We're going to come back. We can dive more into either basketball or football, whatever these guys really prefer. Uh, There's already a lot of good text from our podcast listeners as well, so we can jump into that anytime that we're ready to go. And then we need to just talk kind of the landscape of uh, some college basketball, college football news. So don't go anywhere. It's going to be a really fun Kentucky roll call today. We've got Big Blue Drew in the house. We've got special guest appearance from intern Jacob, who woke up early enough to grace us with his presence. And we've got, as always, the best producer in radio, Justin Kalen. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Yeah, it goes away. Oh, no. One of the great things about having intern Jacob back in the house, Justin Caitlin, is he's right back to his old ways where during a radio show, he waits until we go to a commercial break to talk about good radio topics. <laughs> He's like, wait, are we clear yet? TJ, I got some stories to tell you. Yeah. He, like, he wouldn't believe what happened to me as soon as we go to a break. <laughs> Intern Jacob, we taught you better than this. You're on the air. You, you bring that up. You don't need me to hold your hand to get to that radio topic. Just bring it up anytime. You've got the floor. We don't care where we go on this radio show. Uh, Intern Jacob went to Big Blue Madness. Had a good time, didn't you? Yeah, it was really cool to see all the, the new guys, the old guys, and the current guys. Um, did, you sit, did you sit in the and in, in, in even some of the maybe future guys, too? Yeah. Even the future guys were out and about in the in the great city of Lexington after Big Blue Madness. It was pretty cool to see all them out of that setting. Did you sit in the student section? I did not. I had some of the corner seats, like looking at the side of the goal. Gotcha. And you said afterwards you ran into some of them at a uh, at a bar. Yes. So, but. A lot of those um, people aren't 21. Yeah, that's thing. also what I was thinking. Either bouncers or Oh, boys, that's why he didn't bring or... it up. Okay. He was he was trying to get that clearance maybe. Yeah. Then wanna... did they, I don't want to throw they... anybody under the uh, big blue bus, you know. The big blue bus. Did you have some people uh, or did you have some of the recruits there? Didn't yes. You? All of the recruits there. <laughs> Justin, Interesting. DJ Aaron, Ian, Ian's got to be like sixteen. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is that 16 is or seventeen. Like, 
Like, I think you could make a case that maybe the bars could be like 18, and then if you're 21, you get like a wristband or something. I don't know. Or yeah, you're, if you're 18, you get works. a wristband. <laughs> it's not this one. No. <laughs> but well, maybe they just said, "Hey, you guys are really good at sports. We want to show you a good time. Come on in. No drinking." Yeah, I mean, hopefully that's what happened. So then they like the atmosphere, and they would like to stay here. You know. It also would be a bold strategy to like be a 16 or 17 year old recruit on one of the biggest recruiting weekends of the year. And you just are out in public at a bar, just getting absolutely wasted. Like, I don't think that's a major concern of most folks. Like, I don't think we UK fans would have to worry about that too much. No, it's a, it's a rarity for even like the guys that are 21 that play on any sort of major sports team here to have a drink in their hand. Did you – Big Blue Drew asked if you got a picture. I had to take my headphones off for a second. Did you end up getting a picture with anybody? I got one picture with Antonio Reeves. Cool guy. I like Antonio. That's NDP good. NDP or Jacob doesn't want a picture with you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, good. Good. That's, that's, uh, that, that's something we don't get for most people on this radio show, Intern Jacob, is the people that go out and mingle among the players and – uh, if again, if you've got any fun little behind the scenes stories, you you just let them rip, buddy. Yeah, um, I'll try and think of some. You know, I just have so many. <laughs> well, I thought it was interesting that uh, <laughs> Jacob, as the student, was the only one that went to Big Blue Madness. It seems like you actually like before and after enjoy madness. So like, it's a, it's a cool event to you, and like the actual production of the event you enjoyed. Oh yeah, I thought it was really cool. Like. I don't know what they showed on TV or what they didn't show, but before they actually introduced the current players, they introduced all the guys that are alumni, which was really, really cool. You guys saw that picture of uh, Gilcrest coming out with the new jersey, which was <clears throat> pretty sick. But it Yeah, was it was good to, good to see Michael Kidd Gilchrist back in Kentucky. Uh, on basically your recommendation, Big Blue Drew, I was driving around yesterday – and I was flipping through the some of the some of the radio stations and listening to different radio. Heard one radio station start their show yesterday by ripping Big Blue Madness, which was kind of a weird. Like you'd think maybe you'd start with the Eastern Kentucky or the the game in Eastern Kentucky, the Blue White game, or you'd start just with some analysis of that or the fact they raised one hundred sixty two thousand dollars already on top of the million plus dollars that they had already raised, uh, but. No, no, that's that's that wasn't that wasn't the case um, yesterday. But based on your tweet, I did make my way over and listen uh, to our friends over at ESPN 680, and that was that was some funny radio because uh, he was on one for sure. Dan Issel was on one yesterday. I'm telling you, if you have not listened to Dan Issel do his radio show ever, and uh, you got to tune in the podcast or something. I think it's 10 to 12 uh, Monday through Friday on ESPN 680. But yeah, no filter. And man, he was letting Jack Harlow have it. And I kind of thought at first he was being sarcastic, TJ, um, about Jack Harlow ruining the family event. But no, he wasn't. And uh, he ripped into him, his fans, ruining the family night. It was great. You, I have to like clip that out and post it or something because – Dan is a treasure on radio. Yeah, of course you're going to start your morning with Kentucky roll call, duh. But we we don't we don't try to hide or act like that other radio shows don't exist. And 
I, I like to listen to other radio shows too because I'm a sports fan, and I'm especially when it comes to UK sports. But between ten and noon, I don't like that's kind of the busy time. That's usually when I'm out on inspection, so I don't often get to listen, except for when I'm driving to and from, and then I'll just flick to go to different stations. I'll listen to to some of them, some U of L, some national. I don't, I'm not a huge national sports radio fan, if we're being honest. I like much more local shows. But he, he seemed like he was like that was that was that was good radio yesterday. He seemed like he was in just a bad mood, uh, and then he just started kind of ripping U of L. He started ripping Rick Pitino, was ripping Jack Harlow, pretty much any, <laughs> pretty much anybody and everybody was getting it yesterday. Yeah, it was great. He was in studio, so he really does. He gets fired up when he's in studio, and I said I just appreciate um, the way that he prepares and stuff. I mean, he doesn't just come on there spewing. I mean, he watches these games, he has his notepad, he's ready to go, and just. Just some of the stories he has, like yesterday we talked about. Like, think about how – I mean, literally, TJ, as a sport, the entire sport, how different basketball could have potentially been had Bob Knight successfully won the recruiting battle and Dan Issa went to Army to play with who, do you think? What have you been playing with? Mm, who? Coach I don't know. A. Oh, wow. Yeah. How crazy would that have been? So telling the story, you know, of just Bob Knight in his living room, you know, giving him the spiel, have a different Bob Knight, a little maybe softer around the edges back then. Um, I thought that was cool. So, yeah, he always has good stuff. And I'm, I'm supposed to be hopefully taking Dan Nissel to Moby Dick for lunch one day, which is a sentence I never thought I'd say. What? Mo- OK, I mean, there's a lot to take in there. Initially, let's unpack it. Yeah. Uh, initially, I thought that maybe you, when you were talking about like a, a military academy, I was like, well, I think I thought David Robinson went to went to Navy, um, <laughs> but and also I don't think the timelines for those would have worked out as well. Secondly, I think, do we think Bob Knight would have been softer as a younger coach, or even no like, way, or no more way, you could get away with it more. Well, I believe, I mean, I heard the story directly from him. I thought, I'm pretty sure that's the way that he worded it, but um, I have to go back and listen exactly how I said it. But yeah, I thought maybe he just said that he was kind of different back in those days. He was kind of just describing how maybe um might have been more in the context of like he hadn't developed that reputation yet, maybe if it, even if it was uh still how he acted. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe it was something at Indiana, just like the competitiveness of needing to win every year, that something switched for him where he, he kind of lost it a little bit, or maybe he had always been that way, and it was just a matter of time before he kind of showed his his true colors of a jerk of a coach. Uh, interesting stuff. Why Moby Dick, though? Did you all not want to go anywhere good? Actually, I don't even know that I've brought that up to him directly. I've been talking to his co-host about it. It was just brought up on air. He had thought that they were all closed down, and he was pleasantly surprised to find out that they weren't. And it happens to be one of my favorite eateries. So I just thought those two things combined would be a good reason to take um, Kentucky's leading basketball scorer out for a nice fish sandwich one day. So you probably don't like me ripping on Moby Dick, do you? Oh, Lord. <laughs> no, I do not. Uh, I'm going to pretend. Uh, I- I'm glad I di- wasn't on that episode. You can't not like Moby Dick. You're, you're lying. You're lying you to us about- and yourself. Are you talking about the book? <laughs> you're a Catholic. You're like a Catholic school guy, too, man. So you, you should know good fish. Can anybody name who wrote Moby Dick? Oh, man. No. I feel like I'm, I'm, Winston I'm, Churchill. No, it's not. Uh, I know Ishmael's the guy's name. Herman Melville. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> My second guess. 
You know, TJ, something uh, that I do as a parent is that as I've had trouble, I shouldn't say trouble, just any little speed bumps or hiccups we've hit along the way with my daughter. I would say probably starting like third or fourth grade um, as a route of punishment. I've went with making her read Moby Dick, a classic book, any different classic books. Moby Dick is a large book, even like the condensed versions of those are insane. But I'm talking like. A uh, little red badge of courage, uh, where the red fern grows. So I always tell her that um, she's she's probably more well read than a lot of her teachers because she's probably got about a good thirty classic novels under her belt. I'd say. My goodness gracious, that's that's crazy. I know, right? But now now that we're discussing it, and she's a a young woman, it's nice, you know. And it, it was probably much better than just like you know forcing her to sit there in silence or something. And I did like book report quizzes and all that try to pick books that i've read but you know i didn't remember and i didn't want to make her read a lot of like goosebumps and uh you know scholastic magazines etc so i put her on some of the some of the better ones some of the classic titles we worked our way up to like lord of the flies stuff like that she's way smarter than me well that's not that's not saying too much is it nah i'm kidding big blue drew's a genius uh all right I, well now that you've done some classic books now i gotta ask if she's read them uh unfortunately gonna have to uh, where the red fern grows did she read that yeah yeah i mentioned that one where the red fern grows that one too um you know pulls at the heartstrings a little bit yeah that's a great one that's that's a good one to read this one may be it's probably just now being age appropriate i would i would say she's a freshman right correct okay the kite runner has she read that no i have heard of that book no but no hasn't read that what about the outsiders yeah, what about the outsiders? No, um, does that follow this? I've seen that movie though. Is that like the movie with all the guys that got their stardom started there? That movie? Yes. Oh, awesome! No, I leave the movie. I like the movie too much to read the book. That's what that's what smart guys say. It's a it's a it's a better it's better the the book is better than the movie. I'll promise you that. Uh, all right, what about one more? Let's whoa. hit me. What was it? Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, uh, I think she may have um, read that one in school, so I didn't have her read that one. I definitely have read that one in school myself, but I'm pretty pretty positive she has read that, yes. All right. Hey, that's a classic. That's one I think everybody's got to read. Uh, all right. I, I named my book. Justin, what, what classic book do you think she should read or maybe already has read? Uh, what's the Alfred Hitchcock one, Birds? That ain't a classic book. That's, not a, that's a classic book. I don't even know if that is a book. That's clearly like might be, might be one million percent movie. identified as a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, before Alfred Hitchcock got his start on the, uh, you on named the, like the most movieest movie ever. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a big classic book guy. I, I don't know. I, Harry Potter? Has she read Harry Potter? Um, no. Actually, I've tried to get her to, to also not a classic book, by the way. Um, oh, I tried on. to get her to start to start reading Harry Potter, but no, she she wasn't that interested in that. She read a lot of um, like a, like maybe a lot of listeners identify with this with with daughters. Two things: one on Netflix, if the show was about Christmas or puppies, like you should see my suggestion list between like six to nine is every Christmas or puppies movie ever. And then she <laughs> um she would read a lot of like babysitters books. So it's kind of how it goes with a with a younger girl, I'd say most most people's experience. Now the babysitter books, though, just getting her in in season for for the little ones. Yeah, I guess for her they were more just like a like a self narrative or like projection of your life. Intern Jacob, what's your favorite book? Birds? Is it Psycho? Is the movie Psycho? <laughs> <laughs> Moneyball. Titanic. 
<laughs> I do think Money Actually, Ball, I think was yeah. the best book. I, I think Money Ball. I think a lot of people said that the book was better than the movie because I think it was more accurate or something like that. Yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed the book. I don't read too many books, but that was a good one. What's your major again, intern Jacob? Sports com and media arts and studies. What are you gonna do when you graduate? You're still gonna graduate in the in the winter, right? Yeah, in December. I don't know yet. It's a good question. You got anything lined up? Not yet. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. You can you always just fall back to the golf course if need be? Uh maybe. I don't really want to. Yeah, six years. Ever, six years is enough. Well, yeah, I, I totally under, I totally get that. But it'd be nice. It's nice to have like a reliable fallback if you ever just need some spending money, you know? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. It we'll sounds like you have really mapped this out and are, are following the plan to a T, Jacob. Yeah, I mean, like I got it on my wall. That six step plan. Somebody hire intern Jacob out there. He <laughs> doesn't. He's not a huge fan of mornings, but he can pull it together if need be. And he is uh, good at other stuff too, right, Justin? Uh, yeah. Several other there you, things. There, there, there you have it. Uh, yeah. Uh, you hear that, guys? Some good at other things. That's pretty ringing. and That's a ringing endorsement if I've ever heard one. So, <laughs> uh, well, that's exciting. So, a few more months left before you hit the real world. Oh, he reminds me of like in Step Brothers when they're going for the job interviews and he's like, yeah, I'm, uh, computers give me headaches. I'm not particularly good before 11 a.m. and I'm a pretty slow learner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I heard about the fart. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, great movie if you haven't seen it. Text on into the Thornton text line, 502-414-1450. See, that's why you sometimes have to go down these fun little radio topic roads is because you get Scoots giving you a classic like Birds is his favorite classic novel. <laughs> that's so embarrassing. Scoots, you should have oh, said, I didn't man. mean to say Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock. I just meant like a good scientific book on birds. You can learn no, more I mean, about them. That's just not who I am. Like, I, I just, I messed it up. I goofed, hand up. Yeah, yeah, you really. In fairness, too, that's one of those things where if you know if someone's like, you know, name a food with the letter A. It sounds so simple until you get asked to do it on the spot, and then it's like, oh, I've never even seen a book. Never even seen a book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, um, while we already kind of touched on it a little bit from yesterday, Big Blue Drew or intern Jacob, I'd love for you all just to give some some quick blue white thoughts. Um, again, I think the text line may bring up this, that, or the other on the blue-white game, but just your over uh, your overall views of, of the performance. Intern Jacob was obviously impressed with uh, with Adu, the arrow, and Antonio Reeves and their team being significantly worse than, than the opposing team. He, he had mentioned that, but any other specifics that stood out to you? Anything that maybe we missed from yesterday? You go first, Jacob, so I can get some knowledge bestowed um... upon me. <laughs> I I wasn't particularly impressed with Toppin. I thought he kind of it was a little slow night for him, but it's just a little scrimmage, so I'm not too worried about it. But if we're gonna go into it, you might as well say it. Um, obviously, Severe, Oscar, Lance, they were all out, so the team wasn't completely completely there. Um, I mean, Collins, just about an average night. I, I thought Livingston played well for what he did and Kaysen didn't play bad either. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm really excited. 
Go yeah, this game. In those, in those, I I wish they just did like three of those blue white scrimmages, or like at least do that at Big Blue Madness if you can. Like that was a competitive, good scrimmage. It was fun. They were going at each other. I don't agree with you on Livingston. I actually think like he was the one that he didn't look bad, but like you know, again, he couldn't guard a dude the arrow, and not only just like from a speed standpoint, but a dude was kind of putting his his shoulder into him and and going after him a couple times. Um, so I don't agree on Livingston. Do agree on Toppin and Collins, although I think that is more of just they've been in the program for a while. They didn't really have much to prove on Saturday. Not that they weren't trying. I do think that their effort was fine, but like I think they were okay kind of deferring to some other options, just not necessarily going through the motions, but not trying to over uh, overdo it and potentially get another injury. So that, that game sets up better for the younger guys or the newer guys or the people that just want to be guns. And those guys, I don't think really wanted to be guns. And I was okay with that. I, I think they'll be fine, but I do agree that they didn't necessarily stand out either. Big blue drew. What'd you think? Um, man, my take has kind of been the same TJ. I've given it a few times now, but I think it's a good one. So everyone can rejoice in the fact that everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. Like, to me, it's great that we're sitting here after the Bahamas trip, after the blue-white full scrimmage, and we're talking about Antonio Reeves being the MVP. We're not sitting here saying, oh, well, we pretty much know what we should expect from him. You know, we've seen it these few other years, and, you know, he's going to get rolling, or, you know, we'd like to see this player do X. I thought from top to bottom, um, every player is showing you glimpses of really what you want them to bring to the team, um, including Adutiero, which was probably the the biggest takeaway, and, the talking point um, leading the blue white game. I'm taking that still with a little bit of a grain of salt. I think that um, obviously he's just, you know, transformed already into something that, you know, most people that follow the program didn't expect him to be yet. But I think um, things are going to get a lot different, man. Even in the blue white game, even when we see this scrimmage against like Western Missouri on Sunday, um, there's something to be said about competitive team defense. And um, I thought the blue white game was like as competitive as you're ever going to get it. And, um, Jack Pilgrim, I, I watched with him in Pikeville, and he made a great point just with the walk-ons having to get so much run. Um, he really commended them for, like, keeping the ball moving. They did a really good job, I thought, of, of playing their role, keeping the ball moving, giving the guys opportunities to kind of show what they could do. So it was a competitive scrimmage. So I enjoyed watching it, and I think everybody should be excited that, um, you know, we're not sitting here with a bunch of question marks right now. I think it's more just how do you plug all these pieces together and make them work. Totally agree with all that. Let me ask you both kind of some, not necessarily off-the-wall questions, but maybe some questions that a lot of UK, that you're not going to get UK folks talking on. Who do you think that will get significant minutes will be Kentucky's worst defender? I'll either whoever wants to go first, just go ahead and fire away. Ooh, that was a, I think oh, yeah, I know who you're going to say. I'll go first. Let's see that. Uh, man, so gets a, gets a lot of minutes, but worst defender. Um, man. I probably say, uh, and I don't even want to say this because I think he really worked hard on that in the floor, and he's he's going to be really smart. But maybe just from a size standpoint, CJ Frederick, and I think it's left to be determined. He could be that person or one of those people that um, you know, they really have to come out and play well early in the season because I actually um was doing a little math this morning, waiting for the for the bus to come for the kids, TJ, and um, I know now is a fun time of year where you do the exercise of like there's 200 minutes or you know that could be played in the game. And kind of divvying them up because now you're really feeling like this team is, is um you know potentially all the way up to ten deep. And he was one of those guys that I was like, gosh, I don't know, you know, is he gonna get? Can he get four minutes or fourteen? So 
I'll say him just because as much as we've heard about his body transformation and stuff, um, I think he's a very smart defender, but I do think he's going to have some physical limitations um, in the SEC, but maybe he'll prove me wrong. I'm with you, Big Blue Drew. Not not on the same person, but in the fact that I really hate to say this, I'm going to go with Antonio Reeves. Just the fact that he came from not a Power 5 conference and he's not playing against that Power 5 offensive player, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I think that – I mean, I I feel like he'll adjust because he's an older guy and he's got some wits about him, but – I think coming out to start, somebody who's going to get a lot of minutes like he will, it's probably going to lack on the defensive end more than he will with the ball in his hands. I think Antonio Reeves is a pretty fascinating answer and could end up being the correct answer. We we don't really know for those exact reasons that you just mentioned is what's it going to look going and having to guard somebody in the Missouri Valley where your whole focus is going and getting buckets so you can, I don't want to say, take a break on defense but clearly with his role on his, uh, on his most recent team before joining the cats it was you got to go put up a lot of points otherwise we're going to be in some big trouble so i think they probably would let him slide more on the defensive end and if we're all being honest when we were breaking down antonio reeves when he was joining kentucky and you had goober jeff goodman rank him like outside the top 50 or whatever his final grad ranking was of antonio reeves uh, just got to bring it up because why wouldn't I? He didn't have Oscar Shibway in the top 15 last year. Didn't have the National Player of the Year as one of the top 15 transfers in college basketball. But he also wasn't very high on Antonio Reeves. But when we were all watching Antonio Reeves, naturally, this just happens in basketball, we were all looking on what he would bring to the offensive end. He was one of the leading scorers in college basketball last season. So naturally, we all thought, okay, well, how's that going to fit? How's he going to go from being the guy to being a role player? Will that be an easy transition for him? Well, between the Bahamas and every other little dose of basketball that we've been able to see, we know that him fitting in offensively isn't going to be an issue. But intern Jacob's right. We do not know what that will mean defensively. Uh, how? Because if, if he's going to play, and we all know this in Calipari's system, if he's going to get significant minutes, he's going to have to be able to defend and and hold his own on that side. A big blue Drew, I think that that probably is the easy default answer is to go CJ Frederick. I actually don't think he's a liability based on what I've seen going even back to his Iowa days because obviously we haven't gotten to see much of him in a UK jersey. I don't think he's going to be a liability where you're going to see opposing teams try to isolate him, switch him on screens, and just go take advantage of him. But that is the beautiful thing about this team this year uh, and that a lot of Calipari teams have, but not all of them. All right, well, if C.J. Frederick's getting torched on defense, see you later, C.J. Frederick. Like, Cal's, you'll be able to go to another option. If you desperately need threes, then maybe you have to work something out or figure something out how you can kind of hide him on defense. But I don't think he'll be a liability. And two, if he's just having a bad matchup or it's a bad night for him or even an Antonio Reeves or, say, Wheeler's going against a bigger guard that's just having his his number – you can put these people on the bench for a game. It doesn't mean that they have to be in bench jail for the next few weeks, but if they just have a bad matchup or they're finding somebody that they can't guard, you've got so many options. And Big Blue Drew, I know you alluded to that. The depth is going to be one of Kentucky's best friends this year. Yeah, defensive depth, too, is really what I've been thinking. And I know a lot of um, chatter and talk, even though I don't want to get into this too much, but Kentucky had a really, you know, highly rated offense last season and just kind of obviously sputtered out towards the end. But I know a lot of the dialogue becomes the the offensive scheme that Cal's going to run. 
and, you know, not wanting to clog that paint, like with potentially playing like Oscar and Damon Collins together or something like that. But I kind of look at it um, in the reverse aspect of the fact that, man, if Kentucky's just getting beat up one game or they just, you know, they can't stop a team from scoring. I mean, you think about if you can put a lineup out there of like, you know, severe with his ball pressure, Kaysen, maybe a Chris Livingston and then Damian Collins, Oscar, or even Jacob and Damian Collins. That's just such a long athletic team that should be able to protect the rim in pretty much any instance. Um, but back to Antonio Reeves, he actually showed me something, guys, um, at the blue-white scrimmage with just his playmaking ability um, offensively, which I think gives me faith that, you know, he has the chance to be um, a good defender in the SEC as well because I think he's continuing to kind of reach in his bag and show us that he can play on the ball, he can play off the ball. Um, he just knows the game really well. But somebody moving conferences like that with the speed and um, especially if he's filling it up from the outside, you know, teams are going to look to take it at him defensively. You might have to watch a guy like um, Antonio Reeves getting like a couple early fouls in certain games as he's getting acclimated. But and and then also again, guys, there's just the team defense aspect. I think is can't be overlooked when we're talking about the offense of the of the blue white game because as much as they're probably out there trying to play hard, um, once really the lights come on and you're keeping score against another opponent, I think we'll really see. Um, where this team is at from an offensive perspective. And one thing I want this team to have along those similar lines, Big Blue Drew, once the once this team gets on the big stage and they're playing competitive games against teams, I, I hope they have just a killer – Halloween's only six days away. I hope they have a killer mindset. I hope they just want to 2015 beat the absolute breaks off teams, embarrass them, humiliate them. Uh, all right, hey, we're up by 20. Well, we got to bring it. We'll, we'll bring in the bench, but unfortunately, the bench is another five star and a few hungry four stars looking to make a name for themselves. Go after them. Show me why you all deserve playing time. Instead of this being a 20 point lead, let's make it a 40 point lead. I hope they absolutely beat the breaks off teams. I don't care if it's Howard. I don't care if it's Louisville. If you get a chance, you need to win big. All right, hour one done. We're going to totally switch gears and come back and talk some football. It is Tennessee week. It's a colossal game for Kentucky. We got some updates from the Vols and what they're dealing with from an injury standpoint. Already touched a little bit on Kentucky, but we'll get more from an X's and O's standpoint. Hour number two with a full house on Kentucky Roll Call. We're really lucky to have Big Blue Drew, intern Jacob, and as always, Justin Kalen. I'm TJ Walker. This is KRC on the Big X. We'll be right back. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio. TJ Walker and my producer, Justin Kalen, joining us today. Big Blue Drew, and we've got intern Jacob on your Tuesday morning. Hope everybody's having a great start to their day. You can make it a little bit better on your Tuesday by adding some tacos to the fray. Go to Salsaritas, one of their two locations in Louisville, Middletown or St. Matthews. Delicious tacos for your Tuesday. And if you don't want a taco, they've got plenty of other options as well. Burritos, quesadillas, taco salads, nachos. They've got it all at Salsaritas. And I know it seems like the weekend's a little far away. It's only Tuesday. We've got more to go. 
Well, the good news is here, it'll be here before you know it. And two, if you've got, uh, I've got a Halloween party this weekend. Excited about that. Salseritas, catering makes it so easy. While you're getting ready for this, that, or the other at the party, you just go ahead and let Salseritas take care of the dining. Maybe you're going to down to Knoxville. Uh, you know, Salseritas, it will, it just maybe you want to refrigerate it a little bit, but maybe you're having a watch party. It'd be a little bit better if you're staying in town. U uh, of L, I think, plays in town again. Go ahead and, and get some Salseritas before their game if you're going there. Perfect. No party too big, no party too small. You can do it all online from the app. Check out Salseritas today. Big Blue Drew, a little disappointed in you. You were too scared to bring us back from the break. I, you know, Justin mentioned it and I built myself up and then you rejoined and then I talked myself out of it. But um, no, ne- next time I'll do that. And I got to, I just got to jump in there and, and, and go for it. And I'm glad you brought up Salsaritas, TJ, because people must need to pick me up this morning. The text line's looking real weak right now. So please get your text into the show 502 414 1450. Um, y'all need to pick me up, so get some salsaritas, and and I'll be one of those people, TJ. I'm traveling down to Knoxville, and that actually is not a bad idea. I might just, you know, go catering style and uh, pick on that stuff throughout the whole like Airbnb experience from the weekend. Yeah, that's 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 not a bad idea at all. So what's your what's your Knoxville plans? What when are you going down? When are you coming back? What's what's the dealio? Oh, I'm so glad that I can finally definitively um, speak about plans because we. We hella procrastinated. I just got my stuff booked yesterday, which you can imagine. Um, I think a Hyatt place in Knoxville was like $799 or something on Saturday. So always gouging when the cats are in town. Doesn't help when Tennessee is one of the best teams in the country. So um, we're leaving Thursday, taking the whole fam. First ever family vacation, I guess you could say. So the wife, the toddler, and the, the twin boys um high school girl is gonna stay back but we're leaving thursday we got a little airbnb gonna do the smoky mountains a little fishing a little mountain air you know get that experience and then um gonna go play well against the balls and cover at minimum i love it yeah it sounds like a nice little nice little weekend uh seven o'clock game did you all see that espn is sending their a team down to knoxville to to cover that game scooch did you see that no i didn't but they should be sending their a team right I mean, that's, that's the only thing that makes sense. It's going to be I, the best game this weekend, I would imagine. Yeah, they don't always – I mean, they don't always even do that on the Saturday night ESPN game, um, but they, they're doing it – they're doing it this weekend. So that's pretty that's pretty exciting. Um, Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreit, they're going to be on the call, which is uh, – it's going to feel like a big game, and that's – because it is a big game. Kentucky's playing against a team that has national championship aspirations. And before the season, a lot of Kentucky fans thought this was a, a winnable game. I think the preseason line was like four or five points. And then, obviously, the season unfolds and those lines change. And I think it's up to 13 now. Uh, but it's it's a huge one. This could go down as Mark Stoops' biggest win if they're able to to pull it off. I still want to talk a little football here, but while we're talking broadcasters and that sort of deal, uh, Jim, Na- Jim Nance, you'll see that he's calling his last Final Four. Scoots, oh, I, I bet this hits you hard. It did. Yeah, Jim Nance is absolutely my favorite broadcaster, has been for pretty much my whole life. I mean, I like the Gus Johnsons of the world, the exciting guys, but there is no voice as classic and as good and as pure as Jim Nance is on the call. Mate, yeah, that that uh, that hit me pretty hard. Yeah, uh, Ian Eagle's going to be taking over. Who I, I do like, I do I like him. Yeah, he's I, good. 
I don't think there's a, a huge drop off there. But no Jim Nance at the Final Four. I don't. Well, I don't know if I want, I'm ready to live in that world. No, I'm not. I'm pretty sure Ian Eagle called the um, the St. Peter's debacle too. So not getting off to a good regime transfer there. Ooh, yeah. Don't 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 like that uh, whatsoever. But the good news is, intern Jacob, last Final Four, the Caps are going to be there. It's going to be a great time. Yeah, we're going to be there, and we're going to show out. We're bringing home number nine. Can't wait. Wait, Scoots, can we get a uh, can we get a hello, friends, from you? Hello, friends. <laughs> <laughs> Scoots, that's you, pretty you were, good. You're very bad. excited. You're very excited about your Smashburger yesterday. I was. Oh man, yeah. I, I was not going to drop them by name on account of they're not a sponsor, but yeah, pretty awesome. That's okay. Big fan. I mean, obviously, Salsarita is a much better place to go get your lunch. Thornton's much better spot to go get some snacks. But we can't always we can't always go to those places. They're not always available. Uh, so yeah, I I understand it, Scooch. But I can't believe you had never been to a Smashburger before. That's pretty. Nope. That's pretty crazy. Never have. No, and there's one at the new hotel. Which, by the way, Drew, next time you need a hotel, I know a guy who works in hotels could maybe get you a nice little discount. But yeah, it's wow. it's it's real close to the hotel. So I I went there yesterday, splurged a little bit. Glad I did. Good stuff. I have to take you up on that for sure. And uh, TJ, another little Houston add-in. My um my ten year wedding anniversary is basically right right around. It's like early April of this coming year. So I'm really pitching my wife on all the romantic offerings of Houston, Texas. Well, I think the 10 year wedding gift, I think is a trip to Houston. I think that I think five is wood. I think that's the wood (laughs) anniversary. Um, And I, and I, I think back in the day, the 10 year anniversary used to be like the 10 or aluminum wedding gift anniversary. But Everybody calls Houston the Ten City, so yeah. and I'm making that up as I go Houston, along. Ten, Houston, Houston for the Ten Anniversary. Wow, that's uh, actually man, that's start. actually a good one for the back pocket there for sure. Actually, London lined up really well for us to do our ten year anniversary with that. Um, you know, wild trip to London, first college basketball played game played across the pond. But I don't think we're doing that. So uh, she might just have to. Uh, to settle for Houston, and it's, it is just going to be, I, I mean, the wild romantics of, of Houston, Texas. I think that's where we're all, like, young couples go to just, like, mm-hmm. have their lungs, their love spawn into something even greater. They call Houston the Paris of East Texas. Also, wouldn't you have the London plans either locked in or definitively out by this juncture of your life? I'm a very, I'm really spontaneous and I shouldn't be as much, I guess, now that I should really, really plan with other kids, but no, I typically do things. Um, but yeah, that's a, I guess that one would be more, yeah, getting there for sure, but should have done that. It's going to cost like twice as much. That's for sure. But now this is a, sorry, this is a crazy transition, but I could really use some help with this because dude, I'm really debating on like procrastinating on booking any plans to go see Kentucky play, um, at Gonzaga because of man, if the cats pull off this upset victory Saturday, I'm not going to want to not be around for Kentucky, Georgia. So that's that's a weird dilemma there. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's something to think about. Here's what you do: okay. you end up you, you you tell the wife like, "Hey, there's a chance it may fall through, but like you know, 
I think there's a decent chance London may be happening, babe, and she'll get all excited about it and whatnot. Anyways, it's the day of the game. You take her to London, Kentucky. <laughs> how about that? Yeah, I don't know how well that will go over, but as much as you know, she's still in the the new mom phase with the babies. That would probably be the best thing for her. She's, she's not leaving the country right now um, without the babies. But yeah, I, I don't know how well that would go over with um, – with most significant others, TJ, but you, you tried and let us know. Only two, only two hours away too. So like, you know, worrying about traveling across the ocean and whatnot. Don't, don't worry about it. We're just going to go a little South of Lexington and uh, we'll, we'll have a nice time. That game week, how many, um, how many times do you think that joke's going to be made the game week when Kentucky travels to London? A million. Laurel County is going to be just living the good life <laughs> during during that week. I did see from UK football. I thought this was really cool. I was hoping they were doing it. Did you see that they were they will be making a stop to go through a workout at University of Cumberland's before going down to Knoxville this weekend? No, I did not see that. That's really cool. Like people can go watch. I don't think it's open to the public. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Don't hold me to that. But is this not ringing a bell for anybody? Hmm. No bells being rung. Okay. This is what they did in 2020. They they stopped at University of Cumberland's. I think the reason for that was because of, like, the timing of the game. They didn't, like, it just – was it a noon game last time they played Tennessee? At, uh, in Knoxville? In, I don't – I'm mean, not sure. Last year it was a night game in, at Kroger Field, and they lost, unfortunately. But last time they played in Knoxville – they stopped by Cumberland, Cumberland University. They did a workout. It made for some beautiful pictures because fall time pretty much anywhere in Kentucky is beautiful as it is most places that have any sort of tree lines. And they took that picture. as like Terry Wilson in the background was the beautiful fall foliage. And then Kentucky went in to Knoxville the next day, and they just absolutely beat the doors off the volunteers. 34-7 to seven was the final score, I think, whatever that beatdown ended up being. A good time was had by everybody. That much we do know. Uh, but they're gonna they're gonna run it back. They're gonna have the same tradition this year. They're gonna stop by. They're gonna work out on Friday at the University of Cumberland's before making their way to Knoxville. So I love that move by UK. Uh, Stoops mentioned on his call-in show yesterday that that win in Knoxville two years ago was John Schlarman's last game before he passed away. Uh, he, he had a very inspiring pregame talk with the players about how Tennessee didn't respect them and they had to go out there and earn it. And that was another pick six, another pick six. It was that classic game that we all love so much. So they're trying to run back some of those good feelings and some of that good juju heading into uh, Saturday's game. And like like Snoop said, they are they are mostly healthy going into this game. No Jacquez Jones, as we've mentioned and as we knew, uh, and that's a, you know, that's a big blow. I think he's one of Kentucky's best defensive players, so not having him has been a struggle for the Cats. But they will, uh, they'll be pretty much at full strength. They're about as full strength as you can be this late in the season. So all good news as Kentucky heads into the game against Knoxville. Intern Jacob, you have a good feeling about this one on Saturday or no? I have a great feeling about this one, TJ. I think that Bama is coming off two – well, I mean, one really good win and then a blowout win, which I mean, we got nothing to lose, man. We're going to go down there into into their place. They're ranked three in the country. 
we I mean if we win, fantastic. If we lose, we're we're supposed to lose, right? So I'm ready. Yeah, that's the thing is that like if we do want this to be a special season, this game's pretty important to Kentucky. Obviously, you win this game, you probably you know you win this game, you beat Georgia, you're you're getting in a New Year's Six bowl, you're finishing the season as a top ten team. Uh, you're not competing for the college football playoff, most likely, unfortunately, but you're you're likely going to be in the the New Year Six bowl slates, which will be a big deal for them. As Big Blue Drew mentioned too, if you do beat Tennessee, that Georgia game is going to make for just an absolutely bonkers atmosphere and experience for UK fans. So there is a lot of the, on the line, and there is a sense that Kentucky's playing a little bit with house money. This is Tennessee's dream season, and if they were to stumble at home to Kentucky after beating Alabama at home two weeks before, that'd just be a thing of beauty. Like. If, if if the if the higher power above is a college football fan, like you gotta you gotta you gotta do that. You gotta you gotta pull these strings here, right? Like you've got to have Tennessee two weeks earlier beat the team they hadn't beaten in fifteen years, only to come back in their next SEC game at home and and get beat by the rival that you turn your nose up at and think you're so much better than. I'd be a thing of beauty. So that's what's on the line here. I will say, listen to Soup's talk yesterday. And he's asked he's asked about these things, so it's not that he's going out his way to mention it. He always seems, when talking about Tennessee's defense, he, he seems to be harping back on being able to run. He mentioned Pittsburgh specifically, that they probably should have beaten Tennessee, and it was because they had a good run attack in that game. You're going to see an absolutely heavy dose of Chris Rodriguez on Saturday. But the interesting part about this, and Big Blue Drew or Intern Jacob, either one can take it, I don't mind. The interesting part about this, though, is Tennessee's pass defense is one of the worst in the country's. And, it, you know, part of the reason numbers get skewed a little bit when Alabama is just thrown all over you and whatnot, but they're banged up in the secondary, Tennessee is, and they give up pass plays like they're going out of style. So I think Kentucky's going to want to run the ball, and rightfully so but you also have an advantage maybe through the air against Tennessee. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Gats game plan is going to be on Saturday. Big component when that game kicks off, TJ, I think is Kentucky has to survive the first quarter. Definitely like Tennessee's first two possessions. Um, it's just going to be absolute bananas in there. We say that every week for SEC stadiums, but um, I'm going to be there on the field. I'm like really, really excited about that because I don't think anywhere in college football right now are you going to get like an in-game experience, which is probably why. ESPN keeps having game day and sending their best people there just because that fan base has just been like in purgatory for all this time and is just like foaming out of the mouth right now. So I think Kentucky's had a history this season of starting slow and just can um cannot do that. That that happened last year. I think it was like, you know, right in the first couple of minutes of the game, Kentucky gives up two huge touchdown plays. So cannot get down big. I think the first quarter is huge. And then they've proven from there that they can make those in-game adjustments with Brad White and Mark Stoops. So to all your points there, as far as like scheme and strategy, um, I think Kentucky's a little more unique in the fact that they're probably, um, you know, in many ways use their passing game maybe to, to to set up Chris Rodriguez and just to you know know he's going to pound there, but at the same time have the um you know the ability to to throw a screen or whatever to get those wide receivers involved. So maybe depending on how Tennessee's defense responds to um what's initially going to be, I would assume a strong dose of Chris Rodriguez. Um, you could see him open it up a little bit, but I think no matter what, you're going to have to score points. So 
Um, the Skang gang probably has to have something up his sleeves to um, to really get the ball and, and air it out downfield. But priority number one, in my opinion, has to be um, weathering that storm to start the first quarter because it's been an Achilles heel of Kentucky, and it's, it's without a doubt going to be the toughest place they play all season. Yeah, I I agree with you, Big Blue Drew there. But um, I think if the under hits in this game, I think we win. I think if we can keep them to under, say, 28 points, I think we win the game. This is usually like a kiss of death for me, but kind of like along those – I'm not really worried about UK's offense. I don't really think I even have reasons to be. That Mississippi State game went a long way for me, and – UK is only going to be healthier than they were in that game, especially on the offensive line. So I think they're going to be able to do what they want offensively, but I still get some PTSD thinking back to Tennessee last year at Kroger Field. It was really the only game in a good while you could make a case in the Mark Soups era where the defense was almost just like flabbergasted because it was getting out-schemed, outplayed, and sadly at times, although this is subjective, they were getting out-hustled as well. And it was just big play after big play. And we all hate Tennessee. We all hate that orange. They stink. They can their big orange suck it. It's a genius offensive scheme. Like the way that they just will be able to get their players in open field is I'm sure teams are already I mean, teams are studying it. Obviously, that's just how football, that's how sports work. If somebody's doing something that's successful, people are gonna try to to copy it and mold it. But they do such a good job of like, okay, we've got a linebacker on our running back this play. We're gonna kind of shade the defense to one side of the field and we're gonna get this guy one on one against a linebacker. Just make a play and you'll have a ginormous gain, maybe even a touchdown. Uh for wide receivers, a lot of times they'll do okay, we'll put two out wide this way, you're blocking that DB, you're blocking that DB, and if you guys do both these things, the safety is going to be shielded to the other side of the field, so then it's going to be block, block, and nobody's going to be out here for this wide receiver. They were just getting Kentucky in such bad spots defensively last year that one, I hope UK, which is a defensive-oriented team, as we all know, and you've got some genius defensive minds in that facility – I hope they take last year to heart because Tennessee punked UK's defense last year. That being said, it's just a good scheme. They do it to pretty much everybody. They did it to Alabama as well. They find mismatches and just make it where you have to either break one tackle and it's a 50-yard gain or a touchdown, or you just have to trust your blockers to be able to take him to the left, him to the right, and you're going to go right up the seam and you're going to be gone. They just prey on getting defenses in tough spots. And I just hope the Cats are ready for ready for it. And I do agree with you, intern Jacob, that if the under hits in this game, it's probably a really, really good sign for UK. If if you could pick out one defensive player to be the MVP and we win, who is it? Carrington Valentine. I was thinking I was thinking Keydron, but yeah, on the on the right track there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I agree. It's probably somebody in the secondary, right? Like, Kentucky's going to have to have a couple turnovers or even a couple lucky breaks, a, a tip ball that goes their way. And I think somebody on the text line is going to say this, not to spoil, but isn't Tennessee freaking due for a bad offensive game? Yeah, and TJ, you see this. I mean, so obviously, if you're a Vols fan, you're thinking about the college football playoff and teams drop a game, right? And I know they have Georgia following us, which is a big component of all this. I mean, if you were ever going to be looking ahead, I mean, that Tennessee – Georgia game is just going to be the blockbuster of all blockbusters, assuming they beat Kentucky, um, who they handled last year. So it's like the setup for them to overlook Kentucky is all there. 
And, um, you know, the the analytics this week are kind of looking at it um, from that perspective, TJ. It's, it's just all about how Tennessee just lines you up like literal sideline to sideline and just forces one-on-one matchups. So I like how it sets up for Kentucky and the fact that um, it seems to be that a lot of this is going to be challenging individuals like Harrington Valentine, for example, um, to just have to win that battle with that player. And that's what Tennessee does. And so far this season, you know, they've won those individual battles as well as um, their tempo really, you know, once things start rolling downhill and they're getting it rolling, it's really hard to stop and, and sputter that once they're doing it, which is why they score so many points. So they'll have to be ready for that. But I have to be honest, this game and every game for the rest of the season, TJ, I have to kind of uh, I'll take a little step back because I, I just didn't think Kentucky was capable of playing like as bad and apathetic as they did against South Carolina. Um, I know Will Levis wasn't out there. So just having saw that, um, you know, I just always going to be an element of me of making sure that they show up to play because they didn't that night. South Carolina game, not that I'm excusing it. That one was super frustrating. But you can almost, like, just with how banged up Kentucky was, not having their quarterback, I, I don't say that I give it a pass necessarily, but I've I've moved on from that game. And yeah, I've, I'm with you. I'm with you. I just haven't – knowing that they were capable of going out and just never being able to kick it in gear, even on defensive side mm-hmm. worries me just a little that I saw that, you know, it was really, I guess just one half of football for Kentucky, um, but it can't, that can't happen. They have to be that typical team that fights tooth and nail, like um, Mark sure. Stoops, Stoops, Dean Stoops teams do. And I believe that um, from that aspect, they'll be fine. And I'm almost worried about how well I like that it sets up for Kentucky because it just seems like even if, you know, not as big blue Drew, but just anyone on the outside looking in um, with Kentucky having the second best defense in the conference and just um, having a couple week, you know, week to prepare. They got Georgia next. I just I like a lot about it. I really do. Yeah, I, I like it as well. And that South Carolina game, the defense was good in the first half. The second half, as you, you mentioned, it was kind of a tale of two halves there. Second half, not so much. But I'm able to move past that game. I think a better example of maybe – of, of talking about some concerns and fears of Kentucky going into this game is the way they finished against Ole Miss. Like, what it, you know, if Kentucky puts themselves in a position in the fourth quarter to go win this game, there will be a part of me thinking back like, oh, no, just don't do idiotic, stupid turnovers like you did against Ole Miss to close it out. Uh, hopefully they will have learned from that experience down in Oxford. But I would almost point to that game being more, quote-unquote, concerning than the South Carolina game because South Carolina game it was almost basically a throwaway as much as we hated it and it was stupid and annoying and frustrating the Ole Miss game was one Kentucky played well enough to win and then literally shot themselves in the right foot took the pistol and went ahead and shot themselves in the left foot for just for good measure so I yeah that that, that makes me a little bit nervous yeah and you're right and that was a road game too and a lot of the um the areas that you mentioned were probably um happened because of that road environment or they definitely didn't help much so i'm telling you i just i just cannot imagine how nasty and mean and crazy and loud that place is going to be because um you know it's really the first time this fan base has had a chance to get up in two weeks because you know they have that monster win and then you know no one really cared about tennessee martin so they're they're just going to be foaming out of the mouth down there in knoxville so i think kentucky just has to stay locked in and there's no reason really to think that they won't um Man, TJ, can you imagine if, if we're sitting there, you know, 1030 Saturday night or whatever it is, and that game's going into the fourth quarter and, you know, Kentucky's tied or has the lead or it's really competitive. That's going to be some big time college football. And um, I feel privileged to kind of get a chance to watch it because we have not. Seen, I think it blew me away 
I think this is only the third time these teams have played as both ranked opponents or something, which is nuts. So a lot of history on the line and um, just a monster, monster game. And we've seen it before. We've seen it at the Krogue. We've certainly seen it probably more at Rupp Arena where you're expected to win, you're favored to win, you feel good about winning. But as the game goes on, you get that anxious, nervous energy in the arena or in the stadium, and you start worrying, and you start wondering, and you start getting anxious, and you know the team starts to feel it, and they start to sense it. That's what Kentucky needs to put on Tennessee. You want that anxious energy in the stadium on Saturday, uh, and you hope that they just keep drinking rat poison, maybe overlooking Kentucky a little bit as they turn their sights onto a win-and-go-to-Atlanta game against Georgia the following week. So uh, it's a, it is. We are all saying it. Intern Jacob, Big Blue Drew, Justin, myself, we all think it's a decent spot for Kentucky, even though I think we all admit that Tennessee probably has some X's and O's advantages heading into this game. So let's take our last break. We'll spend the final segment on nothing but the Thornton's text line. Do not go anywhere. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. Oh. You know I got to be moving on. Bringing us back? Yeah, you bring us back, buddy. All right. That's two thus far, shooter. Oh, you can count. Good for you. And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. I was a little too tall, could have used a few pounds. Hello, welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call. We have Tuesday morning here. Big Blue Drew bringing us back. Kentucky Roll Call. TJ Walker, Justin Kalen here. Intern Jacob. We got everybody. All the superstars are out today because it's a monumental week for Kentucky sports. We had a blue-white game. First exhibition coming up Sunday. And then, obviously, big football game in Knoxville. So we want to hear from everyone on the text line. The text line's looking pretty weak sauce today. I'm really disappointed. So uh, shoot some texts in, and we'd love to hear from everybody. Um, but what else? What else are there? Other plans this weekend, TJ, besides um, you mentioned your Halloween party. Can we can we get some more details on this? Uh, Halloween party, it's, uh, I've got a nice – I've come to peace just with, like – and the wife and I did as well. I don't know what it was uh, that has kind of changed our mindset on it. But, like – we used to kind of stress out about it, making sure the house is all ready and clean and good to go. But we, we, we've, we've got an understanding that like, hey, come Friday, probably well, really probably come Thursday, we'll do a good deep clean. And then that will be that. Like, we're not going to, you know, it's it, we're, we're not going to stress out over it anymore. And then Saturday, I'm pumped just for a awesome college football day. Don't think I have any plans on that. Friday or on that Saturday besides just watching a world of college football then unfortunately Sunday is uh they do play NFL on Sunday and that means Green Bay is playing luckily we get to go to Buffalo for a road game on Sunday night so that should be a good time I'll probably end up just watching scary movies all day on on Sunday getting me into the Halloween spirit uh, speaking of the Halloween spirit watched a movie last night in Soho have many of you all seen that no nope. no yeah, I'd never heard of it. Give us the elevator speech of that one. Uh, 
so I wanted to watch another movie. It turns out I wanted to watch Barbarian, but Barbarian doesn't come out on streaming until today, per my wife, if that's to be believed even. Um, so she said, but what if we watch, here's another scary movie. We watch this one. I've heard good things about it. And usually if the wife's picking a scary movie, it's not like really a scary movie. This movie was, my only complaint was it was a little long, but it was good. And I wouldn't say it was like a scare your pants off movie, but it 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 was kind of creepy and weird and made you think. So last night in Soho, I do recommend it. Uh, this kind of country girl moves to London and she's got some she's got some demons. Let's just put it at that. So uh, that's kind of the premise. She goes to London to be in fashion school, but some of her mental illness kind of shows shines through. Worth a watch. It is worth a watch. It was two hours. It probably should have been like an hour and 40 minutes would be my only complaint. But that was pretty good. Going to try to knock out Barbarian sometime this week. I've heard really good things about that. But yeah, big scary movie guy. I know we'll do like the classic little Halloween show on Monday where we talk about our favorite candies and those things. But favorite scary movies, you three? Any any that jump out to you? I like Midsummer. Midsommar, it's great. Love it. Haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters, but I should probably should go back and watch it. Not really, like, it doesn't really have a Halloween feel since it's in the spring and it's all flowery and stuff like that, but it is a good scary movie, no denying that. See, I'm not a huge scary movie guy. Not that I'm like scared of them. I just don't watch them. I mean, I'd rather, much rather watch comedy. I'd much rather laugh than be scared. Um, so I'm partial to like the original Halloween movies, and then you all are going to laugh at this one. I was, I was a big uh, Boogeyman fan back in the day. I don't know if I've ever seen Boogeyman. It was, it was a good one. It came out when I was probably, I don't know, 12, 13. So we saw it in theaters, and it was it gave me a few jumps. I liked it. Looks like they made Boogeyman into a trilogy. Really? I didn't Justin's know that. like, what? <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll have to watch Boogeyman, Boogeyman 2 and 3. Hmm. I'll have to see if they if they could stack up to number one. Yeah, I'd be interested in that as well. Never heard of Boogeyman. Big Blue Drew, any movies you love? Charlie Brown, Great Pumpkin Patch? I, I would be more in those realm because I'm kind of compartmentalized into, like I guess, forcing out horror and scary movies. Uh, the wife does not watch them, does not allow them to be watched. And it, I kind of like put them in different categories, though. There's like horror movies that, you know, more just like gore, stabbing, guts type thing. And then there's like the psychological horror thrillers that kind of get you at the end. And then there's suspense. And I always try to convince my wife that you really just don't like suspense. It's not really. So let's try to watch this. No, she never will do it. So I miss out on a lot of that. But I'll say that um, I guess I was probably probably like 14 or 15, maybe when the first Saw movie came out. And I will fully admit that I like jumped off the couch when the guy gets up at the end, like totally surprised me. Um, and I've always, uh, every now and then, my daughter and I will tune into one of the saws and just uh, watch what we can, fast forward what we can't. Yeah, Saw is not like my cup of horror movie, just because, like, I, I don't think, I think, like, relying on blood and gruesome is just a cheap way to do a horror movie. The same way I feel like relying on, like, loud jump scares, where it's not so much like the 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 setup of the movie or the premise of the movie or the story of the movie, but instead somebody like dropped a phone and they make it like super loud in the movie theater, just trying to like give, you know, like when they'll do those like anticipated scenes where you think something's going to happen and then like a cat will run through the door and they'll make that sound just the loudest freaking sound in the world. 
I hate that. Like, those are cheap. You can get away with maybe two of those in a movie. Any movie that does more of them, I'm out on. And now I've had a week to process it. And that the Halloween Ends was one of the worst horror movies I've ever seen in my entire life. I cannot believe I wasted time on a Monday night to go see that in theaters. I'm really bummed by that. That movie was awful. And I love Halloween movies. I'm even a sucker for them. Probably have a little bias for them. But that one was terrible. Yeah, Saul doesn't really do it for me. Like, the psychological aspect of it, I think, is interesting. Like, the going in, showing people, cutting off, cutting bones and stuff like that. That's just that's too much. Too much. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would agree on that one. I don't think anyone could be better equipped to be a horror movie critic than TJ Walker. I think you just you just check all the boxes. Like every box is checked. So I don't know how you can um get into that game because I'm sure people are really wanting um, you know, dying for movie critics. It has to be something no one wants to do. Yeah, I I don't think it <laughs> I don't I don't think that job pays all that well, unfortunately, but uh I'd be into it. I love horror movies. Are but... are Epert and Ropert still around? I don't think so. Ah, uh, sorry. Whoops. Uh, I think at least definitely one of them. I don't think is still around. Um, but anyways, let's move on to the Thornton's text line. Big Blue Drew's been crushing it all day. It's not that bad. He's being he's being tough on you all. Uh, the first texter says, the Arrow will be a first-round pick in the 2024 NBA draft. If that's the case, and let's just assume that the experts are right, Dillingham would be a first-round pick. Wagner would be a first-round pick. Bradshaw would be a first-round pick. Edwards would be a first-round pick. And if this texter thinks that Adu can do enough, that'd be five. If I'm maybe I'm missing maybe I'm missing somebody else too that would be back for another year potentially. You got a Kingsley? I mean, NBA teams are going to love love that size. I don't think is is six first-round picks possible. Uh, yeah, I don't know. that's a stretch for me. I'm not I'm not ready to go there after the blue white game, but definitely an intriguing prospect that's um proven, if nothing else, that he can um he can hang with the best of them. But I, I'll be I'm excited to have this conversation in a few weeks. And I, and I hope it is the same conversation. Well, really, we won't be able to have that conversation about the 2024 draft for like a year and probably five months, all things considered. But if you look at it on paper with how the quote-unquote experts are projecting these players. Yeah, UK's 2023-2024 team could be absolutely loaded with NBA talent, the likes that haven't been seen in in many years in Lexington. Uh, Most places would be the likes that have never been seen. At UK, it's like, well, do we have to go back four or five years to the last time we had multiple first-round draft picks? A texter says, and, and by the way, intern Jacob, Justin, you'll just chime in wherever you want on these texts. Did TJ just brag about taking a deuce at Trinity? You Louisville natives really take the high school rivalries too seriously. I I didn't brag about it. I was just stating that I really had to go to the bathroom during the ACT, and I rushed to to do it. It's not like I said I I did an upper decker or anything like that. I missed that story. Yeah, it was yesterday. Just talking ACTs, SATs, all the good stuff. One criticism of Cal over the years that I think is fair is his lineups and rotations will be interesting to see how he handles the flexibility of this roster. I also agree with that. If there's one thing I usually can be pretty critical of Cal is he he gets a little stubborn in his rotations. I think sometimes it's for good reason, though. Like, he, he was too reliant on Keon Brooks last year. I think most would agree with that. Yeah. So what do you want to do, TJ? Play – nine or ten all season and then whittle it down to seven or eight play eight or nine in the tournament what's your what's your ideal rotation um 
you know, number wise season. And then by the time March gets here, we'll have to see how the, the season plays out. But I think his like his principal ideology of come February, late January, I, I'm going to start to I'm going to start to hone in on my rotation. I'm going to start to hone in on my rotation. I'm all right with that, even in principle. But like, if I don't think it's the end. Of, let's say your rotation doesn't. Let's say your your seven guy rotation come February doesn't include C.J. Frederick. I don't think C.J. Frederick should have a life sentence or a season sentence to the bench after that point. You may have the seven guys that you feel good about leading you in March, but if you're having a bad game or just an off offensive night in the middle of February on some road SEC game that you know nobody really cares about, break your rotation. Like. Just try something different, you know, and, and I think a lot of people can point back to the Dante Allen situation, and I think in hindsight, Cal was right about that. Like, Dante clearly had some major liability issues defensively, and secondly, he just wasn't a consistent enough scorer to get the attention that he was getting. But he was kind of iced out of the rotation. Cal gets thrown out of that game in Starkville. Uh, who who was the coach that took over after him? Was it? Barbie? I don't know who it was. I don't whoever, know. Whoever it was puts Dante in, and Dante plays well. I just think Cal needs to be more willing just to try different things. Like, And again, I know he's got his mindset and he's got his own plans, but I think he needs to – who cares? You know, Jacob Toppin played great in that St. Peter's game, and he couldn't even sniff the floor because Cal was kind of locked in on Keon Brooks. That's disappointing. That's something that I'd like to see change from Calipari. But I obviously need to see the season and see some games play out, Big Blue Drew, before I can say, like, this person needs more playing time and this person doesn't. Uh, but I, when you have this bench, use it. Throw somebody in there. If it works out for five minutes, then great. If it doesn't work out after a few minutes, you can always take them back out. That was part of the discussion with the Shade and Sharp thing that was so frustrating last year. Oh, you can't throw him into this spot. You can't. He's not ready for it. It's basketball. If he goes out there and poops his pants, then yeah, take him out of the game and maybe don't put him back in. But this idea that like once you get into your rotation, you can't really break away from it. It's 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 one thing I disagree with Cal on. Yeah, and from the Shaden Sharp point of view, I mean, dunking on LeBron last night, there's no way eight months ago he could have acclimated to play against Missouri. Yeah, the more I think about it, like with Shaden Sharp. UK probably wins the title if he plays. They definitely don't lose to St. Peter's. We were all we were trying to have a good Tuesday, TJ. And now it's like, what is it? We're like 10 minutes left, and then, then you just gotta bring it down with that. And he's gonna like, you know, I, I think his numbers are pretty modest in the NBA right now, but like he's a rookie. He's all this is kind of brand new to him. But yeah, he'll show these flashes where it's just like that dude is such a freak. Or he'll knock down like a 24-foot three. And it's like, yeah, that would have been cool to have as UK literally was putting Kellen Grady out there on one leg to finish the season. Does he ever show any emotion? I feel like that was the – you know, after I saw that monster dunk, I won't say on LeBron, but, you know, close to it. Um, and then just the same. He just kind of always has that same demeanor, which seems yeah. interesting to me for somebody of his just – I mean, just alpha athleticism. But whew, I don't know. Every day, man, it's starting to kind of look more and more like that one's going to sting. But – at the same time, I wish him nothing but success. I hope he's an NBA All-Star. A texter says, Heinz Roush was definitely a general in the SS. <laughs> yeah, Heinz Roush, very German. But that's what Roush is going to name his next kid, Heinz Roush. A texter says, maybe I misheard him, but I think Mills said something about UK running more plays in practice 
and in the blue-white game rather than sets. I'm not one of those people who thinks Cal doesn't run an offense, but I thought it was an interesting comment. I don't I don't think it's all that interesting, Texter, uh, just for my personal opinion. In these sets, there are there are plays, Big Blue Drew. Like, you run a set, and you look for this. If it's not there, you look for that if you, you don't do that. But in any given set, you can say, hey, instead of when we kind of just go through the motions and you run back around here, you're going to set a back screen. He's going to come down. It should be an easy two. We won't be able to do it often because they'll pick up on it. But go through the set, go through the set, go through the set, play. So I, I, it, it's stuff that he already does. Yeah, same with the rotation, too. It's going to be – they might be running 100 sets in mid-October, but they'll get in, see what works, and and those will be kind of whittled down, and he's, you know, going to run his stuff and probably condense it, um, you know, once they get rolling, see what's working. A texter says, I'll say this about Tennessee. They're due for a bad day on offense. Yeah, that was the text I saw earlier. Totally agree with that. Let's hope it's on Saturday. Texter says, I wouldn't be gutted if DJU is our next QB – but I wouldn't be super excited. Yeah, we talked about Clemson quarterback DJ Ugalea. Ugalea. He has been rumored to be UK's next quarterback. You talk to some people and they say it's already like done. It's set in stone. Scangarello loves that guy and he wants to play for him for one year and he'll come to Kentucky and there's UK's next quarterback. I hope that's not true. Kentucky has all these weapons on receiver. It'd be a hot commodity for a quarterback transfer market, but I, I'm not ready to go down that pipe yet. So I, I know his name keeps popping up, and it seems to be a very polarizing option. Um, but man, <laughs> a lot of stuff to go from there. But Will Levis will definitely be used as the um, you know the the poster boy example for you know why transfer to an SEC school or whatever um, for the success he's having once his his name gets called in April. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a nice recruiting piece for Kentucky, and and more importantly, like you mentioned, the wide receivers UK has is going to be appealing. I just think you can do better than a dude that has been benched at Clemson for poor play at the quarterback position. I was told John Calipari is a coastal lead who doesn't understand or care about fans. Yeah, when he's not talking down to fans, he's instead giving coal miners VIP trip experiences because he appreciates their sacrifice. The Calipari slander was just absolutely, again, on the court, plenty to nitpick. One title is not enough, needs more. The personal stuff was always just absolutely ridiculous and always annoyed me, Big Blue Drew. Yeah, he's definitely genuine. And I totally get that if you're outside of this state or this program that you see that type of stuff and maybe roll your eyes if you don't know. But if you live in Kentucky and follow the um, basketball program at all the last 11, 12 years, um, by now, you have to know that that this man is genuine. And it's also um, another reason that families trust him so much with their kids, because all that mm-hmm. stuff he does is is really genuine. And, and he spends his time on because he wants to, not because he has to. Yeah, if UK ever, ever has another football, basketball, any type of coach that gives back to the state as much as Calipari does, we'll all be fortunate, lucky. It'll, it'll be almost – it's hard to believe that somebody could even – give back more than Calipari does uses his platform for a lot of good for a lot of people, a lot of Kentuckians. A texter says, I don't think there's a person I'd want to speak at my funeral less than Bustin Justin Kalen. Dude just does not know what to say when people die. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> That's a great text. That's a big one. Sheesh. I'm really enjoying you tweeting more scoots though. I hope I'm, you keep I'm, 
hope you keep I'm it trying. up. I'm trying. I'm making an effort. I used to like when you just would like tweets, but now I'm actually enjoying the contents of your own tweets. <laughs> I'm going to scroll through, through tweets, through Scoots tweets right now. Oh, that'd be a good, um, that'd be a good, like a little segment, Scoots tweets. Yeah, you should make your Twitter name Scoots tweets. <laughs> no, I'm good. Maybe I'll make another one, though. Instead of Justin Kalen XXX. PXP. Oh. I read it you wrong. read it wrong. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Texter says that UK versus Missouri at 11 a.m. local time is SEC football heritage. It really is. You can set that one. You can set your watch to that one when the Cats go to Columbia. And then weirdly enough, when Missouri comes to Kentucky, you can lock that bad boy in for a night game. Yeah, don't forget uh, Missouri gave Georgia everything they wanted there at their place, though. So I know they're you know, not great, but they did do that. Don't forget also that Vanderbilt nearly beat Missouri. Are they good? Or is Vandy good? I feel like Vandy, Vandy's up and coming, though. If I were a Vandy fan, I would like like what I've seen so far. I'm oh, yeah. Realistic, but, but they're not good. Like, they're not a good team, but they are better than they normally are. Uh, Texter says, seen a quite a bit of charge discussion from NBA folks in the first week of the season, and it got me thinking, college basketball is never going to lead the way on this, but if the NBA were to ban slide and charges, it would make it much easier for college basketball to do the same. I agree with you. I just don't think the NBA is ever going to do that because it doesn't happen all that much. Yeah, preach. I would I would love any rule that would prevent sliding under, you know, people jumping. But, yeah, no, it's just kind of talked about this my last time on KRC, TJ, just the difference in – the style of play there. And that's probably a huge tangible example is, um, you know, just how they even attempt to take charges in NBA, how they're called and definitely how they're um, just overall, I guess, looked at and officiated. Yeah. A texture says Bill Belichick is literally nothing without Tom Brady. Maybe they're nothing without each other, man, ha- having a quarter needing a good quarterback to win in the NFL breaking news. Stop the press. A texter says, a couple things today, gang. First, I heard through a very reliable source in the UK healthcare that Levis hurt his toe after the Ole Miss game by kicking stuff in the locker room, and the turf toe was made up. So you could say, if we didn't blow the Ole Miss game, we wouldn't have lost the USC game either. Second, I don't understand the texter yesterday saying he doesn't care about b-ball until after the bowl game. How? I watch every single game of both sports, but come on. Once we're eliminated from playoff contention, I don't really care about any of the other games besides the Louisville game. What does it matter? A better bowl game? Pish posh. We have a real title contender in b-ball. I'm just ready for the season as I've ever been. I don't need football to get to, to be over for me to be all in on basketball. I agree with that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely watching basketball before football ends, that's for sure. And I have to apologize, TJ. I didn't see all these texts. Texters, you're great. You're awesome. Um, that was my mistake. Hey, it's all right, buddy. Don't sweat it. Uh, but now, like, I do, I disagree with the texture. The bowl games do matter. These games do matter. When you have a New Year Six on the line, it matters. Now, if you lose to Tennessee, you really do fall back into, like, the best case is probably, like, the Outback Bowl, which, perspective, you know, six years ago, we'd all be going bonkers about that. Now it's a little bit more normal, but still something to be celebrated. But, uh, yeah, I don't, like, I can do both. I'm not. I'm not so I'm not Justin Kalen with so much so little free time that I really need to be choosy on that. But when the Cats are playing basketball, I'm watching. When the Cats are playing football, I'm watching. Those are pretty much guarantees. When like the woe is me crowd was out and I was in that group after that just depressing Sunday waking up um, after the South Carolina loss and just like 
total outlook of the season. Um, my standpoint was as long as Tennessee, Georgia, and Louisville still on the schedule, I mean, everyone should be dialed in for football because you only get so many games a year, TJ. So, I mean, beating either of those three teams, you should get your jollies from that. So that's one nice thing about the rivalry game being moved to the end of the season because no matter what happens, in theory, you can really end it and feel great. So um, I, no reason not to stay locked in. Three monster games left on the football schedule. A texter says, you'll always remember your first, Jacob, your first radio board teacher. <laughs> For sure. Without a doubt. Yeah, I wish you would have worked the board back in the day. wish you would have learned it. I did learn it. I thought that's the whole reason you were there. He, de- yeah. he, never, he never worked it. He always yes, wanted, to be in the, he wanted to be in the studio with Roush and me. Oh, my no, gosh. I didn't know I, this. I did. Did you fail your internship then? Will you back me up here? Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take Jacob's side on this. Yeah. He, he, did just, he did just fine. We'll have Scooch teach Big Blue Drew the board, and then Big Blue Drew will teach intern Jacob once and for all, so intern Jacob knows how to do it. There we go. I have to be honest. I have, like, some, like, really built-up animosity towards Scooch right now because I don't know if it did it for you guys, but his letter on my screen is, like, bright Tennessee orange. So every time he talks, <laughs> I just feel like it's, like, Tennessee, and I'm just so like, I'm sorry, Scooch, but, man, it's just grinding my gears. He gets the orange one pretty much every day. So, yeah. Wow. I, yeah, I, I really? Know. I'll have to start paying attention. What about holes or hatchet? Great books. Digging oh. up, up holes, digging. Digging up, up holes. Everybody know. Holes uh, is the, the best movie, man. I've read the book tons of times, too. I know she's read that book many times, but um, the movie's fantastic. Sigourney Weaver, um, it's star-studded. I, mean, I don't For some reason, we watched that movie in school like it was going out of style, nothing educational at all about it, but um, they'd wheel the project, the card out there, and we'd watch Holes, so that movie rules. Never heard of Hatchet, but uh, I'm sure it's Me a great neither. book. Has she read Lord of the Flies? Yeah, that was one of the last ones. I did have to wait a little bit on that one. Um, I think it's in it's a little more, you know, young adult type type stuff there. It's a young adult novel, some literature there. So, yeah, she has. I think she read that last year. No, it's about kids, about kids taking over the roost. Uh, I've never read it, but don't they like um, like. Yeah, there may know. be a little human sacrifice. Yeah, that's there, what I, thought, but, okay. I mean, that's that's nothing. The kids these days. Nick Mac Jones Roush is about to get zappied by Big Blue Drew. <laughs> oh, good text. I like that one. That was a good text. Although hopefully not a second half zappy. Yeah, he got. Yep, yeah, that was a. I didn't watch any of the game, but just like looking at, I, I didn't understand what was going on there. Uh, Nick's former ex boss dropped a major hint yesterday that DJ Ungolea may transfer to UK. Thoughts? Yeah, that's not a scoop from him. That's been out there for a very, very long time. Um, a lot of people think it's going to happen. I am one of the ones that will not be over the moon excited if it does. If it does, like, what am I going to do? I'm not going to, like, crush the kid if he ends up coming to UK and that's UK's plan, but I will not be overly optimistic that he's going to be a, a good quarterback for Kentucky. Uh, you just hope the other pieces are going to be good enough to where he can give you, like, a Terry Wilson performance where, like, hey, just don't lose the game, but you're probably not going to go out there and win it. That would be my that would be my take on it, but a lot of people are talking about it. There's a ton of rumbling about it, almost too much to ignore. Some say Scoots is the Jim Nance of Indiana sectionals. A lot of people say that actually. Come on, <laughs> great text. Another texter says, since Scoots is in impersonation mode, has he been practicing as Stephen Avery? No, have not been practicing. <laughs> That's good. That's pretty good. John here. Good morning, all man. I'm so ready for the games this weekend. I believe we have the better team because I believe overall our defense is slightly better. Well, our defense is much better than theirs, John. I can I feel pretty good about that one. 
we have a better running back, and without a doubt, we have a better QB and coaching staff. I believe without injuries, our record would be just as good as theirs. Do you guys agree with that observation? We'll got to go talk to you later. Yeah, if Kentucky could stay perfectly healthy, I probably would agree with you, John. And you didn't have the Chris Rodriguez stuff where he had maybe a little bit more traction going into that old Miss game, a little more dust shaken off. So I, I, I do agree that if Kentucky – but, you know, nobody stays healthy. It's not the sport, unfortunately. I don't know. We'll, that's a that's a strong statement. We're going to find out, I think, Saturday exactly how well they match up. All right, we got to hurry through these. I'm hearing rumors DJ Wagner will announce his commitment this week. I hope you're right. It's got to happen at some point, right? He's definitely going to sign in the early period, so it's got to be probably pretty soon, I would imagine. So I hope you're right, Texter. I'll be deep in the woods of Tennessee for this game about an hour outside of Knoxville watching with Tennessee diehard and no cell service. Loving the realistic po- realistic positivity, guys. I think we match up well also. I'll either be drinking to celebrate or drinking away my sorrows. One thing I don't want is like UK to play a close game and lose a heartbreaker. And that's almost what I feel like is probably going to happen. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. A texter says, The Strangers still holds up. Yeah, The Strangers is a great, scary movie. Highly recommend. It's pretty terrifying. A solid horror trilogy is Hell on Hell House on Prime. You should check it out if you haven't seen it. I'll give it. I'll check it out, or at least read up on it, see if it's something I'm interested in. All right, the clock is running out on us. Intern Jacob, really appreciated hearing from you. Don't be a stranger. Please, Big Blue Drew, as always, great hearing from you. Hope you both have great days. Yes, thank you. And super quick, if you sent the text about um, Nick, Mac Jones, Roush, or the Scoots doing Indiana sectionals, hit me up at Big Blue Drew 33. You have a shiny new Nick Richards rookie card heading your way. So appreciate y'all. Intern Jacob, be well, buddy. Will do. Thanks, TJ. Thanks, Scoots, as always. Big Blue Drew, always a pleasure. Always fun hearing from our intern, Jacob. Justin, have a great day. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. TJ Walker, Justin Caleb, Big Blue Drew, intern Jacob. We'll see you on Wednesday. Wake up, Maggie, I think I got something